You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. Baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Ravine. This is going to be a fun one today, I'm sure. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris with you as always. And this is officially our first The Sky is Falling episode of the 2023 season. Blake, the Dodgers just dropped three of four on the road to the Diamondbacks and not like one run games, like getting absolutely smacked around by the Arizona Diamondbacks in three straight. So on that note, what's up, man? What's going on? Yeah, if you thought the opening series uh, was a doomsday episode on our end, that was the uh, warm-up for, uh, like you said, the sky is falling. Uh, that's going to be happening today. I, Josh, I don't know if there's going to be a single nice thing said about the Dodgers in this episode. There might be, yeah, but so I'm going to put that. I'm going to put that over under at like two and a half. Fan, <laughs> if this is, if you're a negative sports fan, this might be the episode for you. And on that point, we are taking questions later, and they are all negative. So we're just going to hammer that point in. I would like to point out, I say the sky is falling as like kind of a joke because we are 10 games into the season. So it's not that serious. But if we're just looking at a 10-game sample size of the season so far, it's not, it's not, it's not too good, Blake. It's not too good. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's been 10 games. Like we, we both know – like. There is a part of us where we are joking with all this. Like, we are being serious, but we also do have self-realization that it's been 10 games and they're going to be fine. I think some of the replies, Josh, that we're going to get to later are comments about the Dodgers being, like, a certain record at a certain point, like, in seasons they've won 100 games. So, again, we have full faith that this team's going to turn things around. It's just more fun after 10 games and seeing how they've played to, uh, you know, Talk about some of the things we're going to talk about today because there are going to be a lot of positives at some point later in the season. So this might be the only time all season we can actually, you know, treat this season as a true doomsday season. So that's that's the point of today's episode. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 I'm sure is going to be is going to be very fun. Um, so Blake, let's just let's just go off and running to start the show. I'm going to hand it over to you because um, I know that there's been a few things specifically that you've been pretty peeved about, um, not just in the first 10 games, but more specifically for these last four games against the D-backs at Chase Field. Yeah, so we're going to kind of get to like the bulk of all the issues when we turn it over to what the fans and viewers had to say, because a lot of the replies were kind of the two same things. So we're not necessarily going to focus too much on, you know, 
certain pitching, certain offensive pieces for the Dodgers. We're going to save that for later in the show. But my issue, Josh, this is the biggest one I have. And if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you would have seen me post this article the other day. And I wrote an article saying that the Dodgers need to make some lineup adjustments, make some lineup changes. I The headline of the article was that Max Muncy needs to be moved down from the number four hole. He cannot continue hitting cleanup. And a lot of people thought that I was saying that the Dodgers need to DFA Max Muncy or something like that. No, I was just saying you got to move him down a few spots in the starting lineup. Josh, we are 10 games into the season. Again, that is such a small sample size. But Max Muncy, after 10 games has a Fangraphs war of negative 0.3, has a WRC plus of 53, is hitting, oh, I don't know, 121. Um, His slugging percentage is 212. He's at least somewhat walking just a little. But if you're the Dodgers, you cannot have arguably the worst hitter in all of baseball hitting cleanup in your starting lineup. Have him 7th, have him 8th, I don't care. But you cannot have him hitting fourth. A lot of people said, well, Max Muncy showed some things in the second half of last season. Well, he showed some things in the second half because he was essentially the hitter he was now in the first half of last season. I even went back and I was crunching the numbers. And over his last like 60 games, he was still hitting about 215, 220 with an OPS right at about 700, which is league average. It's just that he was so bad in that first half. A lot of people thought that he was back to an all-star caliber player. So no, this has been a year and a half now of Max Muncy looking like an awful player. I get it. He had that injury. He's looked good in the past, but you cannot continue to give him all these opportunities in the most, probably the second most important spot in the Dodgers starting lineup after Mookie Betts is hitting leadoff. So you got to move uh, Max Muncy down from the number four spot. Also, you got to move some guys up. Josh, James Outman, we've talked about this on so many episodes. He is performing like one of the best players in all of baseball so far through the first two weeks of the season. And he's sitting seventh on a day-to-day basis. He's sitting righties. He's hitting lefties. He's doing it all. You cannot continue to hit him seventh. Move him up. Get him out of the seventh spot. I'll take him in the sixth or fifth spot at this point. One final thing, Josh, and this this goes in regards to yesterday's game. David Peralta could never hit third again. I don't care if you have him at six, seven, eight, nine. Put him anywhere. But the fact that David Peralta, oh, if you thought Max Muncy has been an awful hitter this season, I talked about his WRC plus being 53, which is half of what the league averages of being 100. Josh, would you like to take a stab as to what a David Peralta's WRC plus is through the first 10 games, considering, again, we just... Well, we, I hounded Max Muncy for being at about 50. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say bad. Oh, it's bad, Josh, because uh, David Peralta's WRC plus after the first two weeks is at a nice whopping 14. 14. So he's (laughs) 86% worse than the league average hitter. And this is who the Dodgers have hitting third. And even when he's not hitting third, they have him hitting fifth and sixth. David Peralta, if he's in the starting lineup, should be hitting no higher than ninth. But no, he's hitting third. So I have issues with the Dodgers starting lineups. I'd love to see Miguel Vargas or James Albin move up into that two-hole. That way you can push guys like Freddie Freeman and Will Smith down a spot, extends the lineup a little. J.D. Martinez has looked fantastic this season. I mean, he's looked like a really solid hitter. He's looked like the player we were hoping for. Have him as your cleanup hitter. Or have him as the third hitter, and then you could push, again, Will Smith down a spot or something. But 
change the lineup because clearly it's not working. And uh, that's that's my first issue, Josh. But before I get to my second issue, I'll I'll give you the floor just to uh, calm me down and let me catch my breath on this. Okay, well, because my mine were a little more general. Um, my my you know critiques, we'll say my little rants. Um, but you brought up a few things that I was going to touch on. Muncie, you say he should be moved down in the lineup, and you're right. He needs to be moved down in the lineup. He is struck out in half of his at bats. <laughs> he he's just not. Is he walking? Yeah, he's got seven walks this year. Great, good for him. The problem is that for me with Muncie, like last year when he was striking out a lot, when he wasn't hitting the ball very well, he didn't like his at bats were fine, right? It just what the balls, you know, wasn't getting hits to fall. You know, he wasn't hitting the ball out of the park. You know, he was striking out a lot, but he was having good at bats. Right now, like the at bats are not good. They're not good at all. And they're even worse for Chris Taylor. And these two guys we talked about on the last show, they're not hitting the ball. I mean, Muncie has the third most ABs on the team. He's batting, he's batting cleanup, and he's got four hits all year. He has two RBIs, and he has struck out 16 times this season. That's in half of his at-bats. Then you go look at Chris Taylor. He has 24 at-bats, sure, three hits, three for 24 on the season. His two, two of his three hits are home runs. That's where all of his RBIs are coming from, and he struck out nine times and only walked twice. He, they're just not putting together good at-bats. And on the other side of things, Muncie has made two really, really good defensive plays at third. He's also made two really bad defensive plays at third. And sure, it's still early. He's only played in nine games. But those two errors are more than anybody on the team. And they've both led to runs immediately afterwards. So it's kind of just a downward spiral for me through 10 games with both Max Muncie and Chris Taylor, two players that I 100% earlier this season on this show projected them to have better seasons and more improved seasons. And right now it's only been 10 games. It's been 33 at bats for Max Muncie and 24 for Chris Taylor, but it ain't happened. Like they need to be moved down in the lineup. And going back to what you said about James Outman. And you mentioned this earlier this year, there might be a conversation to be had about letting about lead off, right? He's hit lead off now five times, just leading off innings. Two for two with a home run, and he's walked three times. Like, he, he hasn't gotten out yet when he's when he's let off an inning. And then on top of that, he just continues to be the Dodgers' most consistent hitter at this point. I mean, when you fall behind – here's another one. This one doesn't really matter to me a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. But when a pitcher misses on the first pitch and the count's 1-0, his OPS is almost at 14 it's it's 1.388 like it's almost at 1400 when the pitcher falls down early but on top of that he's been the Dodgers one of the Dodgers best hitters with runners in scoring position the Dodgers best hitter with runners in scoring position and only two outs and that's the biggest problem right now is he's batting seventh every game and he's not playing every game so and he's hitting lefties too only two at-bats against lefties sure one for two with a home run and in his other two plate appearances, he's walked both times. So at some point, he's got to be moved up in the lineup. And and that's not even talking about Jason Hayward, who, you know, he's had some iffy at-bats, but the dude is absolutely demolishing baseballs. And he's hitting at the bottom of the lineup every game. Because right now, the Dodgers seem too committed to getting Max Muncy and Chris Taylor at-bats. 
And do they need at-bats to break out of slumps? Yes, absolutely. But through 10 games, neither one of them are bringing it. And at some point, somebody else needs to be rewarded for playing well. So that's how I have to respond. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Chris Taylor, at least, like, he's hitting ninth whenever he's usually in there. Maybe he's hitting, like, seventh or eighth. But, like, Max Muncy, again, where a lot of people, when they saw my article, they just assumed I was talking about DFAing him. Like, you can hit Muncy seventh. You can hit him eighth. Let him figure it out at the bottom of the lineup. We just can't continue to see him hitting fourth. And, Josh, like you kind of talked about earlier with Max Muncy, I had to get up, you know, his baseball savant uh, percentile rankings. It's the fact that I will give David Peralta credit because when I did see he was hitting third yesterday, I had to take a look at his advanced numbers, and he actually has been very unlucky this year. Like, all of his metrics were, like, 80th percentile or higher. With Max Muncy, he's hitting the ball hard, but everything else is just horrible. His expected batting average is second percentile. His expected slugging percentage is 11th percentile. His strikeout rate, third percentile. His whiff rate, one percentile. His chase rate, now this is the biggest thing that shows me that Max Muncy is really struggling. Max Muncy was always like 100 percentile when it came to chase rate because the dude it just has one of the best eyes at the plate. He's 47th percentile when it comes to chase rate this season. So he's down pretty much half of what he's normally at. So he's swinging at bad pitches. He does, you know, still walk a lot. But again, with the guy, I just worry that the Dodgers are going to treat this whole Max Muncy situation like what they did with Cody Bellinger, where they just continue to give him opportunities. Now, the infield depth behind him is not that great. Like the Dodgers have no third base depth at all. Like maybe Michael Bush. I know he's getting reps at third base. He might be actually the only backup option. So again, you have to continue to throw him out. And I like what you said. Obviously, you're only the only way these guys are going to come out of these slumps is if you give them consistent at bats. But with Max Muncy, this is a year and a half of him not looking great. Chris Taylor, this is a year, I guess not a year and a half, but like a year and a month of him not looking great as well. So you can only give these guys so many opportunities, especially when you have a number of guys like James Outman that are showing that they are worthy of getting all these at-bats. And like you said, with James Outman, he only has, I think, like five plate appearances against left-handed pitching. He has a home run, two walks, and he's gotten out, I think, once or twice. So give him more chances against lefties to prove what he's got. Give Jason Hayward more opportunities to prove what he's got. But yeah, Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, those are the two issues I have. But again, the Muncy one is more so just stop hitting them cleanup. Put him, if, if you yeah. want to move him, put him at the sixth hole. But you just can't continue to let a guy like this that's almost a guarantee out. Yeah, the, the thing, Josh, as well, I think you said Max Muncy, I'm looking at this, he has only four hits on the season so far. The day I posted the article, and if, I knew this would happen. In his first at bat, he had an RBI single. So immediately everyone came and they were just roasting the article. But in that at bat, he struck out looking on a pitch that was almost right down the middle that somehow the umpire missed. Max Muncy was walking back to the dugout and the ump decided to rule the ball. So technically, you know, that RBI single should not have happened. And that would have been like an 0 for 5 day with three strikeouts. So again, we, we hope Max Muncy, you know, gets out of the slump we hope to get the max muncie of old but i i think you need to put him down lower in the lineup have him prove that he's got it show that he's capable of being that reliable hitter again if it's may 15th and muncie all of a sudden has got those numbers up significantly then you put him back in the four hole but yeah my issue is just um the fact that they're leaving him there josh i haven't even gotten to my second issue so do you want me to get to my second issue before <laughs> we turn to all of the uh takes and issues that the viewers had yes Yes. Go go ahead cuz I've got one more thing to throw in. Yeah, here's here's my other issue at hand, and that's the fact that again, we're 10 games into the season. Yesterday was game number 10. 
is that after 10 games, Will Smith would have been on the bench for 30% of these games. Now, obviously, every week, Austin Barnes is going to need a starter, too. You got to get Will Smith off his feet. I got no problem with that, Josh. I got no problem with Austin Barnes seeing two starts a week. But if you're the Dodgers, and we talked about Will Smith, he's been probably one of the best hitters in all of baseball this season, you got to figure out ways to get him in the lineup. The fact that out of the first 10 games, he was riding the bench for all three games, I know, again, get him off his feet, got to give him some rest. You're the designated hitter. Make him the designated hitter. You're getting your rest. You have your four bats a game where you have to stand up, walk, you know, 10 yards to the batter's box. I know that's a daunting task. I know that's asking a lot of a guy. But you send him to the batter's box, and then the rest of the game, he's sitting on the bench. I know J.D. Martinez is the everyday DH for the Dodgers, but he has yet to get an off day so far this year, and he is capable of playing left field. Now, Josh, you and I, we might actually be better in left field than J.D. Martinez is, but he might be getting three to five opportunities a game in left field at the absolute most. You can live with that. Like, I don't think he's really going to be costing you in left field. So if you're the Dodgers, have Will Smith DH. If you need JD's bat in the lineup, throw him out there in left field and figure out what you're going to do with the outfield. But I think it's inexcusable that out of the first 10 games, Will Smith was going to be benched for uh, three games. Again, if, if the Dodger, yeah. if the National League didn't have a DH, I totally get it. You can't do anything about it with Austin Barnes. But the fact that the Dodgers have the luxury of still having him in the lineup and he's been as good as he is, I mean, just the last few games, the fact that Will Smith, his bat wasn't in the Dodgers lineup, I think is absolutely absurd. And uh, I just think moving forward, uh, the Dodgers need to get him in the lineup, unless he's actually going to Dave and saying, I need a complete, I need a complete day off. I can't be in the lineup. I need to rest. Then that's fine. But yeah, having a DH available for Will Smith, inexcusable, I think, having him on the bench as frequently as he's been so far to start the season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you know what? I, I, I like Austin Barnes um, and credit to him. He doesn't strike out a whole lot, but he's 0 for 11. 0 for 11, no walks. Average, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, everything is straight zeros. So, is he going to break out? Of, yeah, I mean, he's not going to. He's not going to hit like that all season long. And we all know Austin Barnes is Mister Clutch, apparently, right? But he's over. He doesn't have a ton of at bats, but he's over eleven with three strikeouts. So, um, yeah, at some point, like the fact that Will Smith has. I mean, Will Smith has real. Oh, here's another thing. Austin Barnes standing up for his pitcher yesterday, and the way that that game started to get out of hand. I love that. I know there were some people that were like, what the hell are you doing? Come on, man. Like, this team yeah. has showed absolutely no fight since Oakland Ever. Day. No it, fight. Just in, in, in previous years. Barnes, right. And Austin Barnes showed that. This is the first guy since Yasiel Puig that has shown any emotion on the field for the Dodgers. And, of course, I mean that kind of jokingly. But who cares, man? You're getting blown out by the Diamondbacks again. And let's be completely honest. That strike zone yesterday was awful. It was awful in the first inning when the D-backs were hitting. Like, it was bad for both teams. And finally, somebody had had enough, and it was Austin Barnes. And you know what? He gets tossed, and Will Smith has to come in. That's fine. It's not an off day, apparently. But you know what? Good for Austin Barnes. And you know what? That's another reason why his at-bats are down a little bit, too. Like, he's only got 11 ABs, and he's played in, you know, a handful of games already, and Will Smith's only played and hasn't played nearly as much as he should have. But that's another reason why his at-bat total is low. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's it, it's disappointing. I they, He needs to play more and look. like They need to get him in the lineup. 
Like, it's going to be the same thing later this season. At some point, if you want Outman to have an off day, at some point, he needs to DH. <laughs> or somebody else needs to DH. And I'm not saying J.D. Martinez can't play, but if J.D. Martinez needs an off day, put somebody else like Will Smith or Outman at DH. Get somebody else more at-bats. Like, it has to happen. Yeah. So, I agree. Before we take a break, I do want to mention one more thing. And if you follow us on Twitter, which you definitely should, at Inside the Ravine on Twitter, we're also on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, on TikTok. That's, you know, elite content on TikTok. Uh, but Twitter, we're, we're pretty pretty frequent on Twitter. You would have seen that I tweeted this the other day. The Dodgers had three hits against the D-backs this weekend that would likely have been game-changing home runs. Now, they ended up getting blown out. So how much of a game-changing home run would this have really been? I'm not really sure. But according to the incredible Twitter account, would it dong, which is right up there with the umpire scorecards for the best baseball Twitter account. One, Freddie Freeman, 107 off the bat, 426 to dead center, would have been gone in 28 of 30 major league parks, including Dodger Stadium, not Chase Field. In the same game, Freeman comes back up and hits 106.1 off the bat, 419 to left center, deepest part of the park, gone in 24 of 30 parks, including Dodger Stadium, not Chase Field. And then yesterday in what – I don't remember if this would have tied the game or if it would have given the Dodgers the lead. I think there was a runner on. So this would have at least tied the game because it brought the Dodgers back within one. J.D. Martinez hits one 410 to left center field, deepest part of the park, gone in 23 of 30 ballparks, including Dodger Stadium, but not Chase Field. And all three of these hits – are when the game is close and could have either tied the game or put the Dodgers up and all of them stay in the park are either an out or just a base hit. So that's disappointing. Um, and that's kind of how this, uh, kind of how this series went for the Dodgers too. So shout out to would it dong on Twitter. Yeah. Great Twitter account. I, I love dongs. Um, I love dongs, Josh chase field sucks though, for that reason. Like you should not hit a four, you should not hit a ball 425 feet and have it be a, a base hit. That should be a home run in 30 out of 30 ballparks. Like no questions asked. You're right. The, the park sucks. You're right. Um, yeah. On on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to quickly run through uh, your questions or your comments, mostly concerns. Um, but that's coming up next on Inside the Ravine. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, so we're turning to Twitter here, and we asked the listeners what your biggest concern with the Dodgers is after 10 games, and we said that we were going to share your answers on the show. Now, we usually pick a handful. We usually pick the ones that we really want to talk about, too, some really good questions. We changed that format today. We're just going to run through in chronological order in to- in, in, uh, for the time of the response. So Blake and I both have it uh, in front of us. Um, and, uh, I'll start with the first question. This comes from, uh, Michael 
Um, and he says that his biggest concern is really just Muncie offensively and defensively. The rotation of the bullpen will get better when guys return from injury. Kind of goes with, with, with what we were talking about. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Muncie offensively, we know what he's he's been doing, but defensively, I, I had it in front of me. I'm going to have to get it again really quickly because on Baseball Savant, not only does it have all of your like hitting numbers, but it pretty much takes into account your defense as well. And uh, Max Muncie defensively, Josh, everyone talks about outs above average being like the go-to kind of easy one when you talk about defensively how good you are. Would you like to take a quick guess as to what uh, Max, Muncy, Max Muncy's percentile is uh, defensively at third base so far through 10 games? Oh, God. Uh, per, per, not percentile? Yeah, percentile. So oh, 100 man. being you're the best, one being you're the absolute yeah, worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, man, I don't... I'll go 70th. Oh Josh, you're so generous. You're, you're even worse what, than that. Oh my god. Oh I was Josh, to give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh Josh, no, 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 no. So remember how I talked about a hundredth percentile being the best and one being the absolute no, worst. Know. Well, Josh, Max yeah. Muncy defensively, outs above What's average, that? is a first percentile. No way. Max Muncy is as bad no as way. it gets defensively. No way. Oh yes, way. Oh my god. It's bad, Josh. I did not think it's it was bad. that bad. I thought it was no, it's bad. That bad. I thought he would still crack it. Well, I thought he was making the plays that he would make to put him above the 50th percentile. Oh, no, no. Man, that is... It's I mean, bad. That is, that is... That is... That is put somebody else at third base bad. That is put wow. a cardboard cutout, and hopefully the ball hits the cardboard cutout and just stops there bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. No. Yikes. No. Um, yeah. You want to take the next question? I was going to say, I mean, I, so I just looked up mine, and I think you said uh, Whitman was the first one that came for you. Mine is in a completely different order. So if you want to just, like, run oh, through okay. them, and I will just uh, chime yeah. in chime in my thoughts. But before yeah, you do, Josh, do we have a couple on Instagram that I quickly just want to give some shout-out to because uh, I want them to get their shine in the light as well. At the Real Dodger Hogs. They said that their biggest concern is starting pitching, and I feel like that is going to be something that we get to a lot. So after if, after, after we get a few starting pitching, we can maybe like spend like a minute or two kind of diving in on that one because I feel like that's going to be a hot commodity. But we got a couple more, mm-hmm. and uh, this one comes from David Hernandez, and he says as well, biggest concern for me is the pitching, so I guess that's the pitching as a whole. And um, Eric, he actually, this has nothing to do with what the team is doing, but his biggest concern with the Dodgers through the first 10 games is actually just the ticket prices. So, Eric, we feel you on that hmm. one. But unfortunately, yeah. uh, the Dodgers can improve on that uh, moving forward the rest of the season, like they can with some of these other ones. So those are the ones we had on Instagram. Just yeah. wanted to give those guys a quick shout-out. Yeah, quickly going through here, I know that there's going to be a lot on pitching, so we will kind of give a quick response to that and a few questions. Um, Eduardo says, uh, pitching and not taking advantage of runners in scoring position when it matters most. Um, that's something we've talked about too, Blake. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll table the pitching conversation for now, but um, I'll, I'll give credit to the Dodgers. Uh, this weekend, they finally scored with runners in scoring position and still lost, so that's new because before they were 0 for, you know, insert number here in losses, so that's improving, I guess, but it doesn't really matter. Um, they did score a handful of runs against the Diamondbacks. A lot of them were in garbage time, so does it really matter? Um, but but yeah, I mean that's been a that's been something we've been saying all season too. 
Yeah, I think it was something like they were 0 for 17 with runners in scoring position in their losses, which couldn't be more fitting that they didn't even record a hit. Then, yeah, I think the other day they went in like 1 for 6 in one of their losses. So I guess we're slowly making gradual improvements. So, I mean, if the Dodgers go like 4 for 10 with runners in scoring position and still lose, like you can't be mad at that because they did enough. But if you're going like 0 for 6, 0 for 7, where literally one base hit with a runner on wins you the game, that's where we get a little upset. Yeah, definitely. Um, We've pretty much already talked about everything with this one, but I want to point it out just because you already did answer all of these. Um, At Eric M. Herrera says, pitching for sure, Max Muncy both at the plate and defensively, and what's the deal with sitting Willie Smith twice in a four-game series when Will has started out hot? So you've already mentioned all of that. Um, This is a fun one. Edward Valov says uh, they're fine, except for the offense and the defense. <laughs> uh, I see. I see nothing. I see. That's nothing fantastic. <laughs> That's great. Uh, David Herman um, says Max Muncy, the bullpen, and four of the five starting pitchers. Uh, at Raul Castro, two thousand one says pitching is horrendous. After Kershaw, the starting staff is way too shaky. We have maybe two solid bullpen pieces as well, who I feel confident with. The Dodgers need to start scouting for dudes for July and looking at their younger talent in the uh, in the on the farm uh, as well. Um, yeah. And uh, the last one I'll say here before we start talking pitching, um, offense. Oh, and the bullpen. Oh, and the defense. Oh, and while I'm thinking about it, starting pitching that comes from Stephen Jones. So Blake, on that yeah. note, now that we've had five pitchings in a row, if not more, um, let's uh, let's talk about the pitching. I mean, yeah, clearly, like, that's the biggest issue. I know offensively we talk about the Dodgers sucking with runners on, but I think through the first 10 games, like, offensively, they might still be first in the National League in home runs. I think, like, as a team OPS and WRC+, they're, like, in first or second place, and obviously they're walking at a higher rate than anyone. So offensively, like, the Dodgers are doing everything they can. Hell, in these losses the other days, Josh, I mean, I think they scored eight runs in one loss. I think they scored five runs in another. So they're scoring enough to get the job done. It's just the fact that the pitching, this three games, uh, these three games that they lost to the D-backs, I can't recall a Dodger pitching staff as a whole looking as bad as they did. And I guess we can kind of start with the starting pitching because that's what kind of puts you in the hole to begin with. And outside of Julio Urias, and I guess Dustin May, Dustin May has been awful this season. uh, All three Dodger starters have had a rocky start, you know, in this past week, obviously Clayton Kershaw a couple nights ago, he looked really bad. He didn't have his best stuff. Noah Syndergaard, which Josh, I were you, were you at the Noah Syndergaard game? Was that the one you were at? Unfortunately. Yes. That one that one we can briefly get to. Michael Grove, like, I will cut him some slack just because he is supposed to be the Dodgers number seven starter. Dude doesn't have a whole lot of experience, I think, in AAA at all. So he shouldn't be seeing these innings to begin with, but I think he's kind of shown that he's not worthy of seeing major league time now or anytime soon. He still has some stuff he has to work on. Noah Syndergaard is the one that I want to get to, because I I do think Kershaw, he'll figure it out. It was just a bad start. Career-wise, he doesn't have great numbers at Chase Field. I am concerned, Josh, with Noah Syndergaard, because he's the only guy in the starting rotation that I think is going to be an issue moving forward, because obviously, uh, last week, uh, whatever game he started, you know, the first weekend of the series, he was fine. I think he allowed one run, like, in six innings, but... Some, you know, underlying metrics weren't necessarily ideal, and we saw what happened to him to close out spring training. He was getting absolutely lit up. He had, a, like, an ERA of, like, seven or eight over his last three outings, 
And again, you got to see this firsthand the other day, but watching the game on TV, the velocity's not there. It's gone. He's, I think, tapping out at 94 at the absolute most. So he's throwing meatballs, and every single D-backs player was hitting the crap out of the ball. I think he had two strikeouts the entire night, three swing and misses. So he's not generating, you know, swings or swing and misses. He's generating a lot of swings that are hitting the ball hard. So I'll give him a couple more starts just to kind of prove us wrong. But I, I am very concerned with Noah Syndergaard because he looks like a guy that is just throwing batting practice every time he takes the mound now. Yeah, yeah, he, he is, and he, he just hasn't gotten it done. I, I will say uh, the, the Dodgers and the Giants tonight, um, and you get the top of the rotation again, so it starts with Julio. That's where my confidence is at its highest, is with Julio Urias. Um, Kershaw the other night, look, I mean, I mean, Kershaw's – the only blemish from Kershaw in recent years is he misses on a pitch. Like, he'll miss one pitch and somebody takes advantage of it. And that's kind of what happened the other night. Um, you know, I – Correct me if I'm wrong. He does not get the win in Arizona the other night, um, but he does give up four runs in a game the Dodgers win, and those are all you know the home runs. But they did they lose that game or did they win that game? No, they lost. I think that they. He doesn't get the loss. Yeah, I think I think he uh, they lost that one. I think that was Friday night when he got kind of lit yeah. up. Did he get the loss in that game? Maybe he did. He Either might way, have, but even like, but even then, I, I think by like Kurt, like he was bad, but even then, I think it was like he allowed four runs in six innings, which like is not honestly horrible. It's just by Kershaw standards, it was like, it was it was a bad start by his standards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so so yeah, that's uh again, like I'm confident with Julio and Kershaw. Um, it's it's everyone else right now that like Syndergaard has not gotten it done. Grove, uh, they they need to get these guys back from injury and Dustin, Dustin may look really good too. Um, so, so may, may I, I'm, I'm fine with, it's just the last two is a problem and Syndergaard has yeah. not been good. And the bullpen has been all over the place because against yeah. the D-backs the first time, it wasn't even all that bad in Arizona. Yeah. It was awful. And against the Rockies, it wasn't all that bad either. So it's yeah. been these last couple of games in Arizona where I think the biggest problems are, um, so, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with the pitching. Again, like as, as a couple of people have already mentioned, they're going to get guys back, and I think I'm going to be a lot more confident with the Dodgers pitching staff, maybe in two weeks. Um, but, but yeah, right now it, it it hasn't been good. And again, maybe I'm going to go into the, we're going to move on, and I want to move on with this next um, with this next one from um, Big Stepper Nahim. Um, I, I I think that's how you say it. Um, he says his biggest concern is the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think they're mad underrated, and they're going to stun everyone for a bit. And again, may, maybe the Dodgers pitching is getting knocked around by a pretty good Diamondbacks team because they've certainly looked good through eight games against the Dodgers and two games against the Padres. So, And now they're in first place in the NL West through 10 games. So maybe the D-backs are just a solid team this year. I think they are. I don't think they're a playoff team, but – they're getting a lot better and maybe they're just knocking around the Dodgers pitching staff a little bit. That's the annoying thing with this season so far is the fact that eight of their 10 games have been against the <laughs> D backs. So outside of that two game sample size against the Rockies who are just, you know, absolutely atrocious. We've only seen how the Dodgers look against the D backs. So this very well could be one of those things. I think Josh, I, correct. I, and this may have been even last season when the Dodgers won 111 games. I think like the only team in the National League that the Dodgers did not have a record above 500 against 
was the Colorado Rockies, who were, I think, in last place in the NL West. So for some reason, last year, the Rockies, they had the Dodgers number. Whenever the Dodgers played them, they looked horrible. But when they played everyone else, they were obviously the best team. So maybe this is a Dodgers team where they finished the year winning close to 100 games, but the D-backs are their kryptonite where they just can't seem to beat them. And yeah, we talked about the D-backs being a team that we think, especially in the future, is going to be the Dodgers' biggest competitor. I think starting in 2024, the D-backs, not the Padres, is going to be the Dodgers' biggest threat in the West. But this season, obviously, I think they're going to be a wild card team. Maybe they make a run at the division, but they're going to be solid. So, yeah, it's just kind of annoying that we, we don't really know. Like, maybe like maybe the Dodgers, again, just were bad against a really good team. Or, you know, like we're, we're going to learn more after this series against the Giants. Like, if they play these three games against the Giants and look awful again, then I think it's a bigger concern. If they look solid like they did against the Rockies, then I think it's more of a D-backs issue uh, than, like I said, a whole team issue. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I, I After this series, I think, as we joked about earlier, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, like what's the biggest problem? Um, but I, I think we do, you know, I think we, we, we're going to learn a lot after these next couple of games against the Diamondbacks, or against the Giants, rather, and you're not, and you're seeing a different team. The Dodgers don't play the D-backs again until, what, August? Thank God. All right, so let's not worry about them anymore. I don't want to see Alec Thomas running all over center field. I certainly don't want to see Dre Jameson pitching against the Dodgers again, which I want to say real quick, Dre Jameson is sick. I mean, this guy is so cool. He's got new cleats every game. He had Scooby-Doo ones the other day, and he's been absolutely filthy on the mound, especially against the Dodgers. So Dre Jameson, good for you. You've got a fan in me. Uh, and also, uh, he's now in the starting rotation now because Zach Davies is going to be out for a little bit. So, new, you know, number three or number four D-backs prospect, Dre Jameson, is now um, in the starting rotation for, for Arizona. And good for him because he's freaking nasty. So, I like him. We'll see if the D-backs actually hang on to a good pitching prospect that they have because they don't have a history of doing that. Um, but anyway, um, I think that's probably a good spot to, to start wrapping up. Um, I, I want to read one more, and this one's from Eric B336. And he says, Dodgers are a 90-win team, which is what the roster looked like at the beginning of the year. Pepio and Grove are the third and fourth best pitching prospects behind Miller and Stone without Gonsolin and Bueller and Syndergaard being about what we should expect. We're just a good team, not 105 wins. I mean, he's right there. I think you yeah. and I both projected over 90 wins. I'm still going to go over 90 wins, but I think that's a pretty good way to wrap up and kind of keep the expectations low after yeah. our first The Sky is Falling episode of the season. Yeah, I mean, again, with the, start, the starting pitching, like I, like I said, my only real concern with them is Syndergaard. Like, eventually, Gonsolin's going to come back. They're going to be fine. Hopefully, with Gonsolin, it's, like, sooner rather than later because it still sounds like there's no real update. So, hopefully, we don't have many more Michael Grove uh, starts in the number five spot. Again, my, my, my biggest concern is the bullpen overall just because... Josh, we've become so accustomed to them looking so good in recent years. And I think when we were talking about, you know, prior to the season starting, like, the Dodgers' biggest strengths, I think we were talking about, like, the bullpen not having any concerns. Like, we had concerns with the rotation. We had concerns with how the starting lineup is going to shake out. But the bullpen, we were kind of like, they're going to be just fine. Like, they're going to be solid. And the bullpen has really been... uh, the Dodgers, you know, biggest, biggest weakness so far, 
Josh, do we have enough time to play a quick game that I was going to prepare for you? Just a quick game. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm down for a game. Okay. You got games? So the, so the game is, I, I like to come up with games. I don't have a name for this game, so this is going to be the unnamed game, like in the previous episode where we played the unnamed game, but it's going to be a completely different game than that one, though. So, it's I mean, I, I mean, at all. I mean, me to uh, specify some of these. So, Josh, I'm going to list off some of these guys' names, and you essentially just tell me on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, 10 being break the glass, you're panicking, uh, get the fire extinguisher, and just try to blow out the fire. Like, that's how concerned you are. 1 being... You have none. Like, you don't have a, a drop of concern when it comes to these guys. So, outside of Evan Phillips, and I guess Shelby Miller. Shelby Miller has been perfect so far for the Dodgers this season. Every reliever has been bad, so I'm just going to say the name, and you tell me 1 through 10 what your level of concern is. Phil Bickford, uh, so far, 3.38 ERA. Does have an expected FIP of 2.63, and he has the highest war in the uh, Dodgers bullpen right now. Uh, not really concerned at all. I'll go one. Also, the other day, I don't know if you saw this, Josh. Maybe it was the night you went to Arizona. But he was pumping 97 for, like, the first time yeah. ever in his, like, I think he had, like, thrown two pitches before the top to 97. So, hey, if we're getting that kind of Phil Bickford, uh, keep an eye. Uh, Bruce Dargraderal, four games, ERA of 6.75, a strikeout percentage of 12%. Yeah, certainly not good. Um, the reason why I'm going to go, we're going out of five, right? Ten. Okay. You can do five though if you want. Five. No, no, no. I'll go. I'll go ten. I'll stick. I'll, I'll follow the rules of the game with no rules and no name. Um, so I'm going to go with a five in the middle. Six hits, three earned runs in four games. Not great, and the strikeout rate is low. But he's not walking anybody either. So like. The guys who are getting on base are, are having to earn it so far. Um, so maybe you ask me again in a week, and maybe my concerns level is a little bit higher, but right now I'm going to go five right in the middle. Yeah, I mean, get those strikeout numbers up somehow, but it hasn't been pretty. This one I think is the most surprising so far, and that's Yancy Almonte. Four games, ERA of 8.10, striking out only 6.7% of hitters so far. Yeah, well, that's only one guy. He's only got one strikeout. Um, I'm definitely concerned here. Um, he's given up more runs uh, in the last couple of games than he gave up for the last four or five months of the season last year. So that's not good. Um, I'm I, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm going to go with a seven or an eight. Um, again, he's only pitched three in a third innings, um, and, and he's given up three runs and, and five hits. So... I'm a little bit concerned about Almonte. Yeah, I think what what was the uh, stat that we like shared with each other the other night where it's like I think last season he allowed four runs all season, and I think this year he's already allowed three. So again, small sample yeah, well, size. He didn't but... allow a single run after July of last. year. Yeah. How many did he allow total yeah, though last year with the of, Dodgers? All of last year. All of last year he gave up four runs. Yeah. So he's almost matched that four games into the season. So we I didn't think he'd have another season like that, but he hasn't looked great. The final name, Josh, another guy, again, it's been four games, but that's Alex Vesia, ERA of 12. He has a FIP of 6.4. He's an expected FIP of 5.83. So even the advanced metrics say that he's been really, really bad. And again, this is a guy that's normally a strikeout pitcher, only striking out 11% of hitters that he's faced so far in 2023. 
Yep, and that's only two guys, too. So only two strikeouts. He hasn't walked anybody, but he's given up four earned runs on eight hits in just three innings. Uh, and again, I mean, he, he only gave up 13 runs last season and had an ERA at 215. And that was through 63 appearances. This year, through just four appearances, he's already given up basically a third of his entire run total from last year, and he's not striking anybody out, um, and he's getting knocked around. So um, that's another one that I think the concern level is really high for right now. I'm going to go with a seven or an eight again. Um, but again, these are guys that can write the ship very quickly and, and probably will, but it's got to change soon. Yeah. Like you said, there are guys that have proved it in the past. I'm sure they'll prove it again at some point. I think it's just the fact that literally everyone all at once is just sucking. Like, it's not one or two guys sucking. It's, if your name is not Evan Phillips or Shelby Miller, you are sucking. And that's all yes, I got to say. that's correct. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, that's pretty much going to do it for our, uh, for our The Sky is Falling Part 1 episode of Inside the Ravine. Um, part two is coming at a date to be determined. It just depends on when the Dodgers decide to to play like this again. Um, and then, and then we'll have our next, the sky is falling episode, but that wraps it up for today. Uh, remember that we're coming out with at least one episode a week, usually more than one. Um, you can get us uh, at inside the ravine, um, wherever you get your podcasts, um, Apple, Spotify, uh, Odyssey sports. Um, and of course you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at inside the ravine. Uh, Blake is at God. What's Blake's Twitter account again? Blake, what's your Twitter account? Yeah, this is Blake H Harris. Blake H Harris. Very simple. Okay, that's what I thought. Yep, and I'm at Josh Schaefer 25. Um, so uh, until next time, uh, he's Blake. I'm Josh, and we hope you have uh, a great rest of your week wherever you may be. <laughs>